Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. This morning, it being a First Fruit Sunday, we are, of course, preparing ourselves for a time of communion around the Lord's table, and I will ask the entire family of faith here to stay. No dismissal for Sunday school today. I want you all, all of us as a family, to share communion together, and as we prepare for that, I want to share just a a few, a brief meditation looking on into some of those amazing red-letter words of Jesus. I, I just want to say to begin what a profound privilege it is for me. On this anniversary Sunday for Linda and me, on this First Fruit Sunday, on this homegoing Sunday for Ronald Dodge, what a privilege to share these red-letter words with you. It's a scripture that's grabbed a hold of my heart and mind these last few days. It's a scripture that's brought back a flood of memories and wonderments. Here it is. Since the confidence and the assurance of the Savior as he spoke them. Today's red letter scripture. John 10 going to look at verse 27 and 29, which of course is part of a a longer, wonderfully uh, comforting and encouraging passage. But here's what we have today. Jesus said, my sheep listen. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. The Father has given them to me. Our Heavenly Father, we're aware by the work of your Holy Spirit, you have not only given these sheep to Jesus, but you have given these words to us. And I pray you would use them to bless us, to encourage us, to inform us, to challenge us, to lead us, to guide us, that these words might in our hearts today truly be the word of God. And might it work its way through us that we might be more pleasing to you as a result. This we ask now in Jesus' name. Amen. Those are the kind of words, if we just gave you that little box, those three statements, we could read that and then we could read it and then we could read it and then you could take it home and read it and you can ponder those words. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. The Father has given them to me. You see, if you're a born-again child of God, Jesus is talking about you. He's talking about all those who have become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Through that marvelous spiritual birth the Holy Spirit brings. And once that is brought, we become, to use Jesus' analogy here, one of his sheep. And he says, my sheep are these kinds of folks. My sheep are like this. My sheep aren't trying to be like this. My sheep just are. Have you ever seen a sheep anywhere trying to be a sheep? (laughs) 
Let's see. What do sheep do? How do they... Uh, no, a sheep is a sheep. And Jesus is saying his sheep respond in certain ways. And, and so just see if your heart doesn't say, that's me. That's me. Not perfectly, of course, because we're also fallen human beings dressed in sheep's clothing. But we're getting there, right? We're getting there. So here we go. These words, they, they just all together communicate what I'm calling today's key concept. There is a tremendous bond between Jesus and his sheep. We don't ever want to forget that. We've spent some wonderful years together investigating the, the Trinity, the incredible relationship that we can have with our Abba Father. And we spent time searching the scriptures to uncover the amazing attributes of our Abba Father that, that impact us every single day. There's a bond between us and our Father. There's a bond between us and the Holy Spirit. And we've spent a lot of time investigating that almost forgotten person in the wonderful story of God's grace in this world. Pneuma, we call him. That's just the Greek name for spirit, the word for spirit. And there's a wonderful bond. My goodness, the Father and the Son have sent him to be our companion, invisible as he is, to walk right with us through this life. And you could say nothing could be tighter than that. He's my companion. And sometimes it might be that we let Jesus be a little too much in heaven by himself. Now, he's doing some marvelous things in heaven. We studied that. But I want to remind us, not to the exclusion of the bond we have with the Father and the bond we have with the Spirit, but I want to remind us today and remind myself today, there is a tremendous bond relationally between Jesus and his sheep. And I just want to pull out some aspects of that bond from the very words that Jesus said. So here we go. The first thing we could say is his sheep, Jesus' sheep, you and me, hopefully. His sheep listen to him specifically. Because there is something to specifically hear from him. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. Jesus says that those who are his through the new birth granted by the Holy Spirit listen to his voice. That is, they hear and pay attention. Now, it's interesting. Jesus did not use some special word for hear, listen. I looked it up and thought, maybe there's something unique there. Listen to, hear, what? He used the ordinary common voice and the, the way the Holy Spirit got it into the Greek language. He picked up the Greek word that is used hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times to simply mean hear. Do you hear me, John? Absolutely. Are you hearing me, John? Yep. <laughs> See, what's the difference there? That word can be used in both of those ways. It can just be sound waves hitting the human eardrum and we hear something. Tony, can you hear me? Wave your hand if, see there? He told me he left his hearing aid home today, so I'm going to have, I suggested he could come up and sit in the front row. 
but he's hearing me. So, see, that's, that's one use of that word. But then the NIV, sensing a little bit more going on here, translates that verse, not my sheep hear me. And then they, uh, yeah, what was that? Oh, I heard something. They listen to my voice. How many of you have raised any children that hear but don't listen? <laughs> there is a difference, right? Did you hear me? Yeah, well, well, but did you listen? Listen has evidence that comes after it. Hearing, not so much. We'll forget about husbands and wives here. <laughs> Parents and children's good enough. But see, Jesus is saying that, that in this word, what he's talking about with his children, he uses the word here the way that it's used to describe what happened on the mountain of transfiguration. Same Greek word, but here's what the Father said on the mountain of transfiguration. We find it in Mark chapter 9, verse 7. Just Peter, James, and John are up there with Jesus. Peter's running off at the mouth because he's scared and doesn't know what to say, so he has to say something. And the Father speaks out of the cloud-shrouded heaven, uh, mountain, and he says this. This is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. Now the same word in the Bible, the same Greek word is just the ordinary word for hear. But we know God wasn't just saying hear him. Listen. There's, a, there's an application to those sound waves. Listen to him. That's what those who belong to Jesus do. They listen to his voice whenever it might come. Now, the Holy Spirit, who is with us, we use the... He nudges us, doesn't he? Frequently, the Holy Spirit just guides us, directs us, gives us some insight on the Scripture, or maybe even those thoughts that come into our mind about what we ought to do, what we ought to say, who we ought to call, how we ought to go about the day. We know those are... We're learning those many times are little nudging movements of the Holy Spirit to get us from point A to point B, and we want to be sensitive to that. He's right here with us. Jesus is in heaven. And what I'm saying here is we, we need to know that if he needs to, he can speak to us. You see, even though Numa is our earthly companion, Jesus is still our heavenly shepherd. He is the one in charge of the flock. And so the Apostle Peter, in 1 Peter 2.25, the Apostle Peter referred to the exalted Lord Jesus in heaven as the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Jesus himself keeps track of his sheep. He keeps track of you and me. Now, on the day-to-day, -day, the Holy Spirit, who can be with each one of us, guides us faithfully and, and does the work of conforming us to the image of Christ. But if the shepherd needs to give the sheep a direction, he can, even from heaven. 
I've received a direction like that from the Lord Jesus twice in my life. So you see, you don't get up in the morning and say, Lord Jesus, what do you have to say to me today? And then try to imagine something. This is a unique ministry of the Lord Jesus to one of his sheep. He has given, sent his Holy Spirit to be the daily guide and to be the one who conforms us to Christ's likeness and lets us grow in our faith. But there can be times. You see, it was the Jesus in heaven who actually spoke to and called out the Saul before he became the Apostle Paul. See, these, these times, they were not just nudges. They were directives from the Lord Jesus himself. Both of those occasions changed my life absolutely, almost like turning me from this way to this way. Both of them affected the ministry that I would be in. Now, some of you know what they were. You've heard me share my testimony. And I'll just announce ahead of time, I will be sharing that testimony again a year from today. Because that'll be our 50th anniversary. And uh, even if you have to roll me up here, I'll do my best to get through it. But one of those times was when Linda and I were preparing for seminary. And it was almost like I heard, shouted right out of heaven, an impression. Now, it wasn't shouted right out of heaven because Linda didn't hear a thing. And it involved an entire change of what school we're going to go to and what, what seminary we're going to pursue their curriculum. And I was scared to death to mention that things that we had been counting on since we had been married. Now, we've been married a whole year now. How do you bring that up? But it was definite. And we followed it, and it changed everything. The second time was about 25 years after that first time that was a little over 50 years ago that led to the formation of this church. And it was just as definite. It was just as loud. It wasn't an impression. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't me adding up the pros and the cons and coming to a conclusion. It was like the Lord himself spoke right in my ear with a full-blown sentence. And it changed my life entirely. Changed the direction of our life. Gave me comfort in what was happening in my life right at that time. It was pretty much the Lord saying, Mark, don't worry, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. It can happen. But it's a, it's a unique thing. And I praise God for the time it did and the way that, that we were able to hear it and listen to it on those occasions. Now, Jesus is saying here, he's confident that his sheep will do that. That was no big deal for me to do. Doesn't make me a super, super sheep. <laughs> Jesus is just saying, if you really belong to me, what I'm telling you, if I need to communicate directly to you, maybe some life-changing thing, maybe something that, that needs to be a direct word from God that you're not just going to slowly figure it out on your own and get there anyway, but if I need to communicate directly to you, I know you. You will listen. Won't you? 
Now, we can always set up the, the wonderful scenario and say, what if Jesus walked right in here in his glorified form and he, and he says, um, uh, let's see, Nancy, come up here. Something I want to say to you. Okay, you walk up there and this is Jesus Christ, the Son of God in all of his glory. And, he, and he, now he's going to say, and here's what I want you to do. Who of us would say, well, I, I, I think I'd do that. No, if it were Jesus, and we're sure it was Jesus, wouldn't we just say, absolutely? No matter what he told us to do. Even if it turns our world upside down. See, Jesus says, I know you're like that. My sheep are like that. When push comes to shove, if I give them a direct word, they listen to me. So don't sit here feeling even, don't try to find guilt in yourself. Say, I wish I was like that, but I'm not really, you are like that. If you knew it was the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to you, you belong to him, you would say yes. You would be blown away. You would be thrilled to have such a direction given to you. And the reason that we can be so confident about that, here's the second thing we can point out. Jesus, he knows his sheep personally. See, not only do we hear his voice, listen to him when he speaks, if he does, into our current day. But he knows us personally. He says, I know them. I put on your sheet just a few examples that you might want to do your own Bible study just to bless yourself this afternoon. For instance, think of Mary and Martha. Jesus knew those two sisters. Their story is told in Luke chapter 10. He could distinguish one from the other and he could uh, involve himself and speak to one distinctly from the other. Think of Peter. Jesus knew him. Story told that I'm thinking of here, Luke chapter 22. He told Peter ahead of time what was going to happen in Peter's life. He knew Peter. He knew Peter better than Peter knew himself. You could even think of Judas. Judas was the only one who fell away, who actually betrayed the Lord. But Jesus knew him. John chapter 13, Jesus made sure that Judas knew that Jesus knew exactly what was up. And that Judas was the one who would betray him. Think of the Apostle Paul. Jesus knew him. Acts chapter 9. He identified him and specifically instructed him. And then think of yourself. Jesus knows you. Now here's an assignment I'm going to give you when you want to know your story. Read Acts 29. How many of you have read Acts 29? See, this is, it's a trick question. Acts only has 28 chapters. Acts 29 is your story. Acts 29 is where the Jesus who's working with you and who demonstrates he knows you and he has called you and he has died for you. That's your story in that chapter. It's being written right now. Some of the things I've shared with you are in Mark Michael's Acts 29 chapter. And there may be some more. But see, hopefully you've already, you could probably take a piece of paper, put Acts 29 at the top of it, and jot down a few things where God has been involved in your life. Maybe even where you felt like the Lord himself has spoken to you and encouraged you, directed you, whatever it might be.
You see, the great shepherd and overseer of your soul is not like the human resource manager of a huge organization. Rather, he's like the owner of a mom and pop store who has a couple of treasured employees. He knows them. He provides for them. He has plans for them. He talks to them. He directs them. My sheep listen to me. He could say, they love the sound of my voice. I know them. He could say, there's a personal relationship I have with each of them. Here's the third thing we mentioned this morning. His sheep have been given to him by the Father. That was important for Jesus to point that out. His sheep had been given to him by the Father. See, Jesus isn't saying, I went around and collected them. Even though we know Jesus said, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me. But every one of them, Jesus is telling us, before he ever said, come follow me, the Heavenly Father had said, that's one of them. That's one I'm giving you. There's one I'm giving you. Go talk to that one. Invite. They're going to come. They're going to come. They're your sheep. The Father has given them to me. We are precious to him for that very reason. Just like if you could think of the most precious thing your father ever gave to you. Something that you cherish. That's what we are to Jesus. His father gave them to him. You know, that's the way that I feel about every single person who comes through our doors. We've met in three different places. Beautiful chapel of Victor Valley Mortuary years ago when it was brand new. The school, the cafeteria, the gymnasium that we turned into a little tabernacle, and then this place since 2007. And I feel like every single person who walks through our doors, wherever those doors have been, and some of our most godly, wonderful, loving men, especially, and women, have been the ones to greet you at those doors. And the understanding is, here's another one that God has given to us. It might just be for one day. It might just be for a week. It may be for the rest of their natural lives. But we didn't recruit them. We didn't put ads in the newspaper. I've never been on TV or the radio hawking the, the greatness of this little fellowship. Which if I did, maybe it wouldn't be little very long. Because people need what you have. They need what you give to one another. But the point of it is, the Father gives each of you to us. And so it's his work. And I treasure you. I look at you that way. I can't say I convinced any of you to be here. The Father has brought you through the doors. And if it's even for one week, we'd want you to go home feeling better about God and your relationship to him and his love for you than you did when you came in. Jesus said that. My Father has given them to me. And so therefore, he treasured them. He protected them. John chapter 17, in the greatest prayer ever prayed, certainly the greatest one ever recorded, Jesus says, John 17, 12, Father, none has been lost. And if you belong to him, you will never be lost. Never. Never. 
Now don't take this as permission to mess up and do all kinds of stuff. Because, you know, if you really belong to him, we've already said, you hear his voice and listen to him, right? You're his. You've been given to him by the Father, but you will never be lost. Jesus went on in that passage, our main passage, no one can take him out of my hand. The Father gave him to me. He died for them. John 10, 11 says, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep and that's part of the larger passage we're looking at today, John 10. That's what Jesus did on Calvary. That's what we are going to focus our hearts upon in just a moment when we have communion. He laid down his life. And now just one last thing. Jesus said, his sheep follow him purposefully. That's the word I put on there. They follow me. Not aimlessly. There's a reason. We follow him because he's the Lord Jesus. We follow him because he's the shepherd. We follow him because he's laid out the path. And we even have the Holy Spirit making sure we don't lose track of him. And help us follow in his footsteps, as Peter said. In fact, Peter said that in 1 Peter 2.21, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And so we do. Even the Holy Spirit follows him. Jesus already completed the path. The Holy Spirit is walking with us on the path. And so as the Spirit and as we follow after Jesus, we show ourselves to be Christ's sheep. Those that Jesus knows, those he loves, and those he leads. And to be one of his sheep is a marvelous thing. Rejoice in that today. Rejoice in that. Don't score yourself. How good a sheep am I? Forget that. Just say, I'm one of his sheep. His spirit takes care of maturing you, growing you, strengthening you. But you are 100% his sheep if you've given your heart to him. And so just think about that. He knows you. He will speak to you if necessary. When we're not hearing his voice right out of the blue, we can hear his voice in the red letters. Read them. Read them. This is Jesus speaking to the sheep of his day. Read them as though they're coming right to you as well. So here we are, final thought. The bond between Jesus and his sheep is a bond like no other. And that makes communion possible. I didn't search it out. I never have. I don't know how far back in the past the word communion got associated with this, this thing we do. The Catholic Church calls it Eucharist. Others call it the Lord's Supper. The last, well, the Lord's Supper. But the word communion means more than to commemorate. When you commune, you're doing more than remembering. You are connecting. So I love that word. I love that word. It's because we are Christ's sheep. It's because he loves us. Because there's a bond like no other between us. Therefore, we can commune. We can connect. We can feel like we've made contact with our Savior himself. 
and communion, what we do in a moment is the unique way that our risen Lord has left behind for that to happen. Let's ask God to make it happen today. Heavenly Father, oh, we thank you that the Lord Jesus is still the shepherd of the sheep. Thank you that he's still the overseer of our souls. He's still the one concerned about us becoming full-fledged, spirit-filled children of God. And Father, as his sheep, may we remind ourselves our ears need to be open to what he says, first by what he has said in the past, recorded in the scripture, and then possibly, possibly at some critical point in our life when we say, Lord, speak to me. Show me, tell me. We know there's possibility of that direct leading in our lives, and I praise you for it. Father, thank you that the, the love bond still exists. He knows us. He loves us. He treasures us because you have given us to him. And we thank you for that. So ready us now, Father, to, to just honor him in a very, very special way in this communion time today. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.